for your word. We thank you, Lord, that we just ask in the name of Jesus, you give us ears to hear and hearts to receive in Jesus' name, your word today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, Jesus called the 12 and he called the 70 and he gave them power and authority, didn't he? And then he said something. He says, freely you have received and freely give. So you can't freely give until you've freely received. The whole thing is God's freely given us everything we could, every need in Christ. But you have to receive it. It's given to us, Second Peter chapter 1, in promise form. And you've got to receive those promises that's been given to you. And he said, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you receive. See, they received all that so they could freely give it. And the key of giving is to receive. And we're going to talk about some of that today. Amen, amen. We want to talk about being faithful sons and daughters of God. I want to start in 2 Timothy. Hallelujah. There's 2 Timothy. Good. I lost my 2 Timothy. Chapter 2. Thou f- therefore, my son, be strong in the grace in Jesus Christ, and the things which you have heard among many witnesses, the th- same that you've heard... Commit to faithful men. What's kind of men? Faithful, trustworthy men or women who shall be able to teach others also. So you got to receive. That thing you heard in me, he said, you receive it. And that thing you heard of me, commit to faithful, trustworthy people that shall be able to teach others what you got. You know why you're here today and you're receiving all you're receiving? Is it just so you can feel good about yourself? Absolutely not. It's so you could receive it and give it away. There you, go. you give. Freely you receive, freely give. And it's not yours till you give it away. Do you hear me? you got to give it away for you to really own the thing. And, and he says this, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You know, hardness comes. No man that wars in this war, he said, entangleth himself in the affairs of this life that he may please him who's chosen him to be a soldier. If any man strive for masteries, yet he's not crowned, except he strive lawfully. The husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruit. Consider what I say, and the Lord will give you understanding in all things. I want you to hear that. The husbandman that plows the field must be the first one to partake of that field. You've got to partake. You've got to receive to yourself first. Right? You must first. And that's what he goes on to say here. Must first be partaker. If you consider what I'm saying, you'll have understanding in everything. This whole thing, this whole Christian walk, everything we do is based first on how we receive. Amen? <coughs> Just battle with me. I'm still standing. Amen? You know, in 1 Peter 4.10, it says, As every man hath what? Received the gift. That means to take it to yourself. As every man has received that gift, even so minister the same. The what? The same. That's that same word we're going to look at. We looked at a couple of weeks ago. We're going to look at it again here in a minute. As every man has received the gift, even so minister the same. That word same is himself. First place you minister that gift is where? And yourself. You take it to yourself. It goes in that heart. Okay? 
You take it to yourself. As their men has received the gift, even so then what? Minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. What are we? Good stewards of the what? Many-sided grace of God. That's what we're to do. Now turn with me to Matthew chapter 25. Now don't get quiet on me today. Don't go to sleep. Huh? Now last time we started in verse 14. I was sharing with the guys this morning as, as I was looking at the ten virgins. You know, I saw something a little different. It says, then, let's start in verse 1. The kingdom of heaven is like unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps but took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with the lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slept and slumbered. At midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose, and they trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there not be enough for us and you. But go rather to them that sell, and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the others, saying, Lord, open to us. To us, But he answered and said, Verily I send you, I know you not. Now watch, he says, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man comes. And that word there when he said, they said, Go and buy for yourself. Okay? Uh, go to those that sell and buy for yourself. Verse 9. That word sell, there's an interesting word. It means to exchange or barter. Go to those that exchange and barter for yourselves and take it for yourselves. Are you with me? Who's the one that exchanges? And, and redeem, that word uh, to, to buy means to redeem. Go and redeem for yourselves. What's yours? You can't live on my anointing. You can't live on Royce's anointing. Mike, you can't live on somebody else's anointing. You can't live on somebody else's gift. Every one of us has been given gifts. But we have to take them to ourselves and exchange some things so we, we have them for ourselves. And that leads into this next parable. For the kingdom of heaven is a man traveling to a far country who called his own service, delivered to him his goods, and to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to every man according to his. And we said personal ability, which ability, remember, was dunamis. That supernatural, miraculous endowment and straightway took his journey. Then they that had received five talents went and traded with the same and made five other talents. And likewise, he that received two, he gained two. But he that received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of that servant come and reckoned with them. And so he that received five, five talents brought the other five, said, Lord, you delivered to me five. And behold, I have gained besides those five, you gave to me five more. Did you catch it? Five more besides the ones you gave to me. The Lord said, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. He that received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Behold, I've gained two others beside. The Lord said, Well done, you faithful, good servant. You've been faithful over a few. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter to the joy of the Lord. But he that received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew that you're a hard man. 
Reaping we have not sown, and gathering we have not strewn. I was afraid, there is your fear, and went and hid your talent in the earth. And lo, here is your talent, he said. The Lord said, you wicked and slothful, lazy servant. You knew I weep where I have not sown, or gathered where I have not strewn. You are therefore have put out my money to the exchangers. Put them out to the what? Exchangers. Interesting word. Then at my coming, I should have received my own with interest or usury. Take therefore the talent from him and give it to the one that hath ten talents. For to everyone that hath shall be given, and he will have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away that which he hath. Cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing your teeth. See, as many as received him, what? Gave he power to become the son of God. This whole Christian walk is not about just knowing all that Jesus has done for you. This whole Christian walk is based on receiving what he's done for you. As many as received him, to them gave he power to what? To become the sons of God. To those that believed what? On his name, what he's done for us. It's all been freely given to us in him. But we've got to know what's freely given so we can receive it. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1. And we see here, and he said to them, he went and traded with the same. And remember that word same is, is that word we looked up. He traded with himself. Is that word himself. He exchanged that thing God had given with himself. He took ownership of that thing God had given him, and it became his. And then all of a sudden, what happened? When he took ownership of it, he began to give it away, and he gained five others with it. You know what I've noticed in this movement that we're in now? We have, although we had 23 pastors or, in our, or so in our last uh, pastors meeting. And I've been sharing with these pastors for a lot of, long time, revelation and different things. But you know what I've noticed about some of them, David and Wayne and all that? I will share with them a truth today. I will share with them a truth. Lights come on. They take that truth. And the next day I may be with them and they're sharing that same truth with them just like they just got it. It's theirs. And what the Lord showed me, the neat thing about it is they took it to themselves. It was no longer my truth. It was their truth. And you sit around that room and you hear all these truths going around, all these pastors, and they got it here or there. Nobody cares where it came from. Because once they get it and it's theirs, it's theirs to reproduce. And that's what they do. They're taking the things that God has given them and giving them to others and making others. And they go everywhere sharing what they've been given. But if you can't, you can't share what you don't have. But once it's come out and you take ownership of it, it's yours to reproduce. Do you get it? See, that's what this whole gospel is all about. Freely you've received it. Freely give it. You see? And it's so exciting to watch these guys. You know, once they, they get it, they can't help but you get around Wayne, all you have to do is push his button and just stand back. Isn't that right? She ministered with him this week. I'm telling you, it's going to come out and just wipe you out because he's so full of the new creation, new life, new soul. Just ask him about it sometime if you've got about an hour to listen because it's going to take you that long because he's, that's, it's in his heart. Now, see, that's one of the keys. It's in his heart. Look with me in Luke chapter 8 here just a second. This is the parable of the sower. Now Jesus told the parable of the sower, verse 5, the sower went out and sowed seed and, and 
fell by the wayside, and it's trodden down, and the fowl of the air devoured it. Some fell upon the rock as soon as it was sprung up, and it withered away because it lacked moisture. Some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprung up, and it choked it out. And others fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit a hundredfold. And when he had had these things, he said what? He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Now, I was reading them a verse this morning. It says, Jesus said this, The day is coming, and the hour is, when they that are, those that are dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those that hear will live. He wasn't talking about those in the grave. He was talking about those that are dead in trespasses and sins. They will hear, and the ones that hear will live. I want to tell you something. Don't assume for a minute that you're going to hear. Now, this whole parable about this sower is what happens to that word when it comes out and your ability to hear it. Okay? And he said, this, this is the parable. Those by the wayside are they that hear the word. Then cometh the devil immediately and takes away that seed out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Now, I want to tell you the reality of it. We watch it every week when we're sharing this stuff. We watch the enemy come in and try to take that seed immediately before they even hear it out of their hearts so that it doesn't come forth. Because he don't want you to hear that seed. And then he says, They on the rock are they which hear the word and receive it with joy. And they like the word. I believe some of them even actually may even get what? Born again. But they have no root in themselves. Did you catch it? In themselves. A lot of times your life, that's your soul. No root in their soul. Now look what happens. And for a while believe, but in time of temptation. What's that? Every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust. The diseased condition of the old soul. And enticed. And when lust hath conceived, it brings forth sin. And when sin is finished, it brings forth death. He said, don't be deceived. They receive that seed. There's no root in them. But when temptation and trial and things come, immediately they're tempted and they've, the seed is what? There's no root. You know, as I was reading that last night, you know what the Lord said to me? Catch this. Oh, that's good. He says, where does the root come from? Seed. There's no seed there. How can there be a root if there's no seed? First Peter 1, verse 22 says, Seeing you have purified your souls. How? In obeying the truth through the Spirit. When you hear to love of the brethren, that's that new heart. See that you love one another with a what? Pure heart, fervently. That's that new heart he wants to give us. How are you going to get it? Being born again. Not of a corruptible seed but an incorruptible seed by the word of God which lives and abide forever. For all flesh is just as grass and the glory of its flower as the field. That's all flesh in the old man. You're born again not of a what? Corruptible seed, but a what? Incorruptible seed. So you get that seed, that incorruptible seed. And you know that incorruptible seed, that which is born of God cannot sin because it's born of God. And that incorruptible seed is going to put down a what? A root. Did you catch that? Oh. There's no root unless you have a seed. And you've got to have the right seed. There you go. Okay. All right, let's go. 
and that which fell among the thorns. Are they which hear have heard? They heard, but they go forth immediately, right back into no man that warreth entangle himself in what? The affairs of this world. Take heed lest your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and the cares of this world. For lest that day come upon you unaware. For a snare shall that thing come upon all that dwell on the face of the earth. But watch and pray that you may be able to escape all these snares that's coming on the earth and stand before the Son of God. There's a lot of snares out there to trip you up. If you watch 6 o'clock news or 5.30 news and 6 o'clock news, time you get through with that, you're snared. If you believe it. But I want to tell you, we don't have to believe the report. Because we're not of this world. We're in it, but we're not of it. And he says, the cares of this, the thorns are they which have heard, they go forth and are choked with the cares of this world and the riches of this world, the pleasures of this life. And what happens? They bring no, for, no fruit to maturity. But look here, verse 15. But that on the good ground are they which with an honest and a good heart. Where are you going to get an honest and a good heart? By an incorruptible seed. He said, I'll give you a new heart. And I'll give you a new spirit. And I'll take away that stony heart. And I'll give you a heart of flesh. And not only that, I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my ways. And your sins and your iniquities will I what? Remember no more. With that honest and a good heart, which is that new soul. That's the only one that's going to bring forth fruit. You get that new heart. And he says, it brings forth fruit with patience. Why? Because it's that heart of love. And then he goes on to say, no man, when he's lighted a candle, what happens? When you take ownership of that thing and that candle goes off, what's going to happen? It's going to shine. Isn't it? And everybody's going to come to that and ask you why you're shining so. And then that's where you may have a choice of putting a bushel over your head so that nobody will see that light. Or bury it in the earth. So you have options, don't you? But the thing is, once you take it to yourself and you own it, you're not going to keep your mouth shut. I mean, I've watched some of these guys from Dallas. This, they're elders and some of them pastors. And I think I've got one, two, three, four now that's come up here and lights has come on. They say, 40 years we've struggled with this stuff. We never knew this existed. And I'm telling you, they've gone back turning the world upside down with this stuff. They're blown away. You can't once you get, you know how I know when you got it? That's, you ain't going to keep your mouth shut. And then you know what happens? Our phone starts ringing. Because their wives are calling. Says, what would you do to my husband? Can you do the same for me? Right, Jenna? I'm telling you, that's, that's when you own it. It becomes yours and then you want to give it away. And see, that's what this is all about. But it won't happen until you have the exchange of a new heart. You know, what did, what did God say to us? I mean, you know, your sins and your iniquities. Let, look with that right quick. <clears throat> Isaiah 43. I want to show you something here in Isaiah 43. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. So when am I going to quit preaching all this? I'm not. I'm not. Isaiah 43, he says in verse 18, Remember you not the former things, neither consider the things of old. What is that? The old man. Behold, I will do a new thing, and now it will spring forth, and you shall know it. I'll even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. 
The beasts of the field shall honor me, the dragons, the fowls, because I give water in the wilderness and rivers and deserts and drink to my people, my chosen. This people have I formed for myself. Who did it? He did. And they will show forth my praise. Why? People's going to see it. But thou hast not called upon me, O Jacob, and thou hast wearied me, O Israel. That's his own people. Thou hast brought me no small cattle or burnt offerings, neither has you honored me with your sacrifices. And I have not caused thee uh, to serve with an offering, nor wearied me with incense. <coughs> but thou hast brought me no sweet cane with money, neither have you filled me with the fat of sacrifices. Now listen to this, saints. But you have made me to serve with your sins. You have wearied me with your iniquities. Let me ask you a little question. What happens when you take part of the gospel and you get your spirit born again? And you try to serve God in your old sinful soul? Are you causing God to have to serve with your sins and your iniquities? And then what was his response to that? I, even I, am he that blotteth out all your transgressions for my sake. Because I don't want to live with them. I don't want to dwell with them. I don't want to be around them. And then he says, and I will not remember them anymore. So what does God think of sin? He don't like it. And why did Jesus come that we saw a while ago? To take away the sin. So that God doesn't have to dwell with it anymore. For by one sacrifice, Jesus has perfected forever those that are sanctified. He destroyed sin once forever through that offering of himself. Why? So God don't have to look at sin anymore. So when you live in the new creation, that part of you can't sin. The only way you can sin is go back to who you were instead of who you are. Is that easy? You know what's amazing, though? See, I, he said, I am the one. I, even I, am he that blots out your transgressions for my sake. I was thinking of this scripture in John last night. Mm. John chapter 3. It says in verse 14, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him, what he's done, should not perish, but have eternal life. Have what kind of life? Believe in him. For God so loved the world. Now I want you to see something. God loved this whole world, including us, so much in our sinful state that he exchanged his son for us. Would any man, is any of you would be willing to exchange your kids for somebody else? It goes further than that. See? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him and what he's done would not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he had not believed in the name of the only begotten of the Father. And this is condemnation that light has come into the world. But men love darkness rather than lights because their deeds were evil. Now, I want to tell you something. 
There is not one thing in your, old, in your old evil soul that wants to come to the light. Not one thing. Not one. It wants to hide in darkness. But as you come to the light, we are born as children of light and walk as children of light. Now I want you to see something. 2 Corinthians 5.19 starts in 2 Corinthians 5.17. And it says, you know, therefore if any man is what? Though we've known Christ after the flesh, we don't know him any, any, that way no more. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. That old junk's gone all new. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things pass away, and behold, all things become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us. That word is exchanged us to himself by Jesus, and hath given us the ministry of reconciliation. Now look at verse 19. To wit, that God was in Christ... Reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and hath committed to us the word of reconciliation, which is the word exchange in the Greek. Now listen, God himself was in Christ, exchanging himself for ourselves. Did you get it? He became sin for us. Why? He hated sin so much that he came and he exchanged himself for our sins so we could be made his righteousness. Come on. That's the good news of the gospel. Spirit, soul, body. God himself was personally present in Christ Jesus, reconciling, exchanging the world back to himself, not imputing to us our trespasses and sins, but canceling them, the Amplified says. And not only that, but has committed to every one of us the ministry and the gift of exchange to the world. But for have to have exchange to the world, you first have to what? Receive it to yourself. You've got to be exchanged before you can give the exchange away. Huh? All right. It's amazing. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offer himself without spot, Purge your conscience from dead works to what? Serve the living God. Amen. Amen. What is the problem with the church today? You want to know what the big problem with the church today is? The church is sin conscious. We've preached on sin. We've talked about sin. We've wallowed in sin. We've done everything sin. And if Paul said, if you think on sin and and it becomes your servant, all you're going to do is think about sin. Why does the church sin all the time? Because that's all we talk about. What is the purpose of all Christ has done for us? To make us sin conscious or God conscious? What was the purpose of all this? To exchange us from a sin consciousness. And the blood of bulls and goats could never change us from sin consciousness. But by one offering, Jesus purged our conscience from dead works, sin, to serve the living God. And see, as born again new creations, we should be God conscious, not sin conscious. As he is now, so are we in this present world. We, because what? We are his body. One another. Amen. Mm. Acts 17.28 says, For in him we live and we move. In Christ. Everything is in Christ. Apart from Christ there is nothing. In him, Christ, we live. In him we move. And in him we have our being. 
Now that word in the Greek for being is are. In him we live. In him we move about. And in him we are. I am, we are. That's it. We are. In him we just are. Uh-huh. We are. And that's when you want to sit down in your recliner and realize I'm in him. Because if you're going to enter into his rest, you first must have to cease from your own labors as he did. So let's lay, therefore labor to what? Or get in there. That word labor means get there quick into that place of rest. Lest you be deceived. And the deceiver wants to keep you doing something all the time. Right? Colossians 3. So what is this? We talked about this morning. You know this. Uh, I wanted to see if I missed it. I don't know if I passed it on. What God requires of us, he acquired for us. Do you catch that? What God requires of every one of us, he acquired for us through Christ. Man, that's love. I mean, that, that is powerful. 1 John four sixteen seventeen 17 says, God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, what? Now, so are we now in this present world. Colossians 3 said, now if you be risen with Christ. What does that mean, if you be risen? Do you know that whole thing? You know what the whole purpose of baptism in the New Testament is all about? The whole purpose of baptism in the New Testament is a grave. We have been buried with him. Like as Christ was crucified and died, we, their old man was buried in him, with him. So that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we all should walk in the newness of life. For if we've been planted in the likeness of his death, we shall also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be what? destroyed that henceforth we should not serve sin for he that is dead is freed from sin so that we don't live the rest of our life in the power of sin but is to the righteousness of God now that's good isn't it Lee what would you know what I believe if the church became the church and lived like we're supposed to live I don't think we'd have a problem with the world but the problem with the world is they see us and we act just like them so they decide what's the purpose Oh, yeah, we may go to heaven when we die. But if you're living out of your old soul, you're no different than the rest of them. Yes. But we are not to be that way. We're to be a shining light. Arise and shine, for your light is coming. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness of people. But the Lord shall rise upon you, and his spirit will be seen upon you. And it says, and all the kings and everybody else is going to come to the brightness of your rising. Catch it? Brightness of your what? It ain't about nothing but your rising. It's out of that grave. Eh? Woo, I, I feel it. Now, if you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sits at the right hand of God. For you're dead, and your life is hid in Christ. And when Christ, who is your life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. So what's next? 
Mortify. What's mortify? Put to death by the Holy Ghost within you. Put to death that old man with his deeds. And put on that new man, which is renewed after the image of God in righteousness and true holiness. Huh? Yes? Give me an amen. See, you ought to be screaming and shouting. You ought to be circling this place. Why? Because you're a new creature. Everything I've said about you today is true. Every bit of it is true. It ain't something's going to happen. It's something's already happened. So what are we waiting on? Take it. Own it. And give it away. Because you know what happens when you start giving away? I'm telling you, gentlemen, I'll tell you. Every time you take somebody through this and give it to them, you know what happens to you? It becomes a fuller thing in you. It becomes more real to you every time you give it away. Man. You know, one of the pastors this week asked Hebrews where it says, For it's impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost, if they should fall away, it is impossible to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify again the Son, the Son of God. It's impossible to ask that question. I said, won't you read it this way? It's impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and became a new creature in Christ. It's impossible for them to fall away. Because he that's born of God cannot sin. For his seed remains in him and he cannot sin. Why don't we read it in a positive way instead of a negative way? Huh? Come on now. That's what the scriptures teach you. Come on, Ross. Think about it. It's impossible for that part of you that's born of God to fall away. I hear stretching going on. It's okay. Stretch, stretch, stretch. In Galatians, he said, Who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus was evidently crucified among you. This only would I learn of you. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by the works of your law or by the hearing of faith? Have you suffered so many things in vain if they be in vain? He therefore that ministers to you the Holy Spirit and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of law or by the hearing of faith? Why are you so foolish to go back to your old thinking? Why do we want to force a... Wonderful God that did everything wonderfully for us to get us out of this mess. Why do we want to force him to go back with us into that mess again? He didn't like it the first time. He sure ain't going to like it the second time. Huh? Make a decision. Oh, man. Romans 5.17. You, you need to look at Romans in light of all this. Five times it says in Romans, how much more? 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 What does that mean, how much more? How much more? Verse 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they that receive. Now what did we talk about receiving? The abundance of grace. And the gift of righteousness shall reign where? In life by Christ. Therefore, as by the offense, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men to what? Justification of life. In him is life. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and I am the life. See, I believe you can even be resurrected and still not be full of life. 
Resurrection gets you born with that, that little spirit that's born again of a new life. But you can be raised and still not be full of life. You know why? The disciples said, Jesus said to the disciples, Will you go away also? He said, I am the bread of life. He that eateth my body and drank my blood has eternal life. Except you eat my body and drink my blood, and all of them left but the twelve disciples. And they was thinking about it. But then he said, will you go away also? And Peter said, hey, where do we go? You have the words of eternal life. Here is the word of life. The red letters are the word of life. You won't laugh. He is the resurrection and he is the life. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. He said to the Pharisees, you search the scriptures. For in the scriptures you think you have eternal life. And they are they that testify of me. But you will not come to me that you might have life. Where are you going to get life? One place. In him. What he's done for you. It's all freely given. But it's all you have to receive those things. And walk in that new life. Walking in the new life. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. Now, this is the thing I want you to see. That's why we we got to change. I remember, oh, I don't know when it was, a year or two ago, the Lord said to me that he wanted me to preach life and life only. No more death. He said, I want you to preach life. And, you know, he showed me there in Romans 4.25. It says through that, Romans 4.25 says that through Jesus' suffering, he paid the price for all of our sins, spirit, soul, and body. When you take the, the garden, the cross, and the, the whipping post and everything, he paid the price for us to be free from all that. But it says in his resurrection we were justified. We were what? Justified. You know, most of the church is just living as forgiven sinners. They've never received that resurrection new life. And it's in the new life is what we're, what we're all about. In, in Acts chapter 4, verse 1, And as they spake unto the people, the priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Christ Jesus the resurrection from the dead. What were they upset about? Resurrection. What did the early church preach? The resurrection. Where did they preach it everywhere they went? The resurrection. Why? Because in the resurrection is where the life is at. Apart from the resurrection, there is no life. You believe that? Acts 5, 16. Y'all are sure quiet. I'm preaching myself happy and y'all are quiet. Acts chapter 5. Verse 16 says, There came a multitude out of the cities round about Jerusalem bringing sick folks. Them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they, and they healed how many of them? How many of them? How did they do that? Because they understood resurrection life. They understood the life. It's all in the life. Verse 17, Then the high priest rose up, and they that were with him, which was the sect of the Sadducees, and they filled with indignation, and laid their hands on the apostles and put them in common prison. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison door and brought them forth and said to them, 
Go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. What are we to preach, Ross? The words of this life. What is it? Resurrection life. I am the resurrection and I am the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live again. And he that liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believe thou this? He's the resurrection and he is the life. And that's what we're to preach. Isaiah, I mean, Psalms 40, verse 9, it's a prophetic about Jesus. He said, I have preached righteousness in your great congregation. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Well, it's getting close, but I want to give you some thoughts. When Adam was created, he was created spirit, soul, and body. And it says God breathed into Adam the breath of life, and Adam became a living soul. Amen? But you know, Adam didn't have life. Because in the midst of the garden, there was the tree of knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. Adam never partook or Eve partook of the tree of life. If they had eaten of the tree of life, they never would have partaken of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. They had a choice. It was right there in the midst of the garden. They ate everything else, but they didn't eat the tree of life. I wonder what they were thinking. The consequences of living forever. Why didn't they take it? Why do I know that? Because after they fell, God said, let's put angels at the gate so they can't get to the tree of life. Because if they eat of that tree of life, they'll live forever. They could have, but he didn't. Now see, we have more than Adam had. We've been talking about getting back to the garden with what Adam and Eve had. I want to tell you, we got much more than Adam had. Because Jesus is the tree of life. Oh! Wow! I got it. He is the tree of life. My gosh. I am come that you might have what? And have it more abundantly. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. You got to eat my body and drink my blood. You know, when he told Lazarus to come forth, it says that Lazarus came forth bound with grave clothes. Lazarus was alive. Now, this come from Wayne, but it ain't his no more. It's mine. Said Lazarus was alive, but he was bound with grave clothes and he wasn't alive till they loosed him and let him go. You can be alive and still not in life. Loose him and let him go. Whom the Son has set free is what? Free indeed. Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free and what? Be not again entangled in the yoke of bondage. Amen. Jesus said, he is the tree of life. Search the scriptures, and they are that testify of me, but you will not come to me. First John 1, 4 says, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. What was the light of men? That life. It's the life that lights every man that comes into the world. When you receive that incorruptible seed and it lights you up, that's that light of the, of, of the, of the Christ that lights us up. It's his life that lights us up. Jesus said in John seven thirty eight, He that believeth on me, as the scripture said, out of his belly shall flow what? Rivers of what kind of water? What kind of water? Living water. Now I want to close with one verse. 
Oh, man, it's good. See, I preach myself happy all the time. Not just here. I, I preach myself happy a lot. Early in the mornings, I preach myself happy. Huh? Revelation 22. This is the end when it's all over and everything's set up. Verse 1. And he showed me a pure river of water of what? What kind of water? Water of life. Okay. Clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. And amidst of the street of it on either side of the river was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there is no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb of God shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. Did you see he you see right here? Uh uh-uh, uh, it's the tree of life. And the tree of life is flowing from the throne of grace, from God's throne. Jesus is the tree of life. And it's right back there when we're going to have access to it all the time, yielding its fruit, and the leaves are going to be for the healing of the nations. Life. I want you to think, anytime you start feeling something, you know what? I remember, I forgot what lady is, Averna Tompkins. I remember her preaching a message, and you know what it was on? Laugh me. Laugh me. She says, there's times when I just need to be laughed. And I just say, God, laugh me. Laugh me. See, there's times when you start feeling something, it's time to say, hey, I don't have to feel that. I can feel life. Amen? Laugh me. Give me life. Because he is the what? Bread of life. You know why I like this? Because when I get in it and start reading, it brings life. I find life everywhere I look. It's in the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament. It's even in the concordance. The life is everywhere. But he is the bread of life. And you've got to eat it. And you've got to partake of it. And you've got to take it for the husbandman must what? First be partakers. You know, I was telling the guys at the coffee shop, and I don't know if it's true with Jenna, but I minister, and we minister to so many church leaders, preachers and pastors and people all over the world. Not all over the world, but yeah, we've, we've done that too. But one thing I've noticed about a lot of them, they're very shallow in this. Very shallow. They're so busy with church activities and church stuff and all this stuff, they don't have time for the living bread. And I say, don't don't neglect this thing. You know, I had a guy in my office Thursday, and he was just blown away. And he said, Pastor, I don't know how many years you've been a Christian. Would you pray for me? He said, I don't have a hunger for this. And I said, well, you know, you're not going to have a hunger out of that old soul. You've got to have a new heart. You've got to have a new soul. But now you can start believing God for a hunger. Because God said, I'll put my word in your heart. And I'll write it in your mind. And I'll be your God and you'll be my people. Amen. Father, we thank you for the word today. And Lord, we ask that it will fall on that new heart that you've given us. And it will bring forth fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold to glorify your kingdom. And we thank you for it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. You got anything? Either one of you, you want to prophesy?